you know, my bad analogy is this is Back to the Future 2, and you need Back to the Future 3 to see how, how it all comes sure. together. Sure, so you shoot them back to back. If that's, the, if that's the complaint that, yeah, it's exactly right. You, know, yeah. you think about them as one event, and, and this, is the part, this is the part of E3 that all the part people at E3 don't like. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Interview Dump Truck. I'm Jeff Gerstman. Uh, today is the day that uh, Microsoft unveiled the Xbox One. It's uh, its next generation Xbox platform for release later on in 2013. Uh, I took a trip up to Seattle, in the Redmond, Bellevue area, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, to get an up-close uh, and personal look at the system uh, and uh, put it through its uh, various paces. As part of that, uh, I got to briefly sit down with Albert Pinello, the Senior Director of Product Planning at Microsoft, uh, to talk a bit uh, about the platform and uh, you know, <laughs> what, what I thought of, of what I had seen and, and uh, try and get some answers out of him about uh, some of the issues that have been dogging uh, Microsoft uh, for weeks now. Um, not, uh, not a ton of luck getting uh, a ton of answers, but, uh, still some interesting stuff, I thought. So give it a listen and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. I think it looks, it all sounds pretty good. Uh, I just, well, that's a good start. I like take I, it. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, you know, going in, I think everyone knew there weren't going to be a ton of games here, but. I could stand to see some more games. <laughs> I, uh, yes, you know, you know, you, you read the internet when you go through this, you sort of know it, it's going to happen. And um, like, I kind of joke that you're kind of damned if you do, and damned if you don't. Because if I go back and I look at E3, we always take a ton of stick right. for that part where we want to go talk about the other parts of the exactly. that the system yeah. does. So we said, hey, let's um, let's have a briefing that sort of goes and talks about our aspiration. And I hope. Um, you know, you heard, everybody was was super conscientious of saying like that's not what this one was. Right, right. This is about talking about the overall vision, announce the name, what we're trying to do, give some context about the hardware. That will free us up for E3 to just like right nail it on games. So, our, you know, my bad analogy is this is Back to the Future two, <laughs> and you need Back to the Future three to see how how it all comes sure. together. Sure, so you shoot them back to back. If that's the, <laughs> if that's the complaint, that yeah, it's exactly right. You know, yeah. you think about them as one event, and and this is the part. This is the part of E three that all the part people at E three don't like. And we took that over, and we made it its own event, and we said, all right, let's just talk about what we're trying to do and get that out of the way. And um, and it freezes up for E3. So if that's the complaint, I'll take it because... That's by design. It's, it's by design, yeah. yeah. Phil Spencer mentioned all that new IP and all the games in the right. At E3, we'll be showing all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. That's uh, that's good to hear. Keep going. What else? All so... Right, so Could have seen more games, I hear you. I like the name. How long has th- that been the name? Um... You know, it is one of the best kept secrets. There was a lot of Microsoft and IEB and Xbox people yeah. that didn't know what the name is. Um, my, I, I think it's probably been the name for four or five months, wow. okay. for a while now. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was interesting. You know, heard, had heard a lot about what the system was at this point already. So to have that be like the big surprise, like okay, and you see it building and, and the way it was rolled out. You know, it's like. It's gonna be one entertainment system, all in one. This, all this. Like as it's happening, like oh, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna. Call, oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's cool. A, that's exactly right. Um, I think you have to. You get over the like for guys like us that have been around. You have to take. You have to get through that logic. You know, it's so fun to watch just the internet get wrapped around the axle and things. <laughs> sure. You, I, there's no doubt. You sort of have to get through the logic break 
mm-hmm. for guys like us that have been paying attention to this stuff. And then once you're past that, you go, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's simple. Right. Um, you know, I would say most of my casual gaming friends, like guys that game but aren't in the industry, mm-hmm. have all told me how much they like it. Um, it took me it took me some time to sort of hear it because I was around. Yeah, we were around for the original I, Xbox I got, I got, One. I got it. So yeah. my gears have to go through it. But, like, you know, I think it's great. And the mm-hmm. product's going to be great, and as, you, as we all have learned with any kind of name. When the product's great, the name is great. Yeah, the, the, the name, any complaints about the name go away once you can That's actually right. go buy one and, and, and mess around with it yourself. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions, like real nuts and bolts stuff from people um, about things like achievements and profiles and like the migration process and stuff like that. I, I envision all this stuff is going to come over, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think we've specifically said your gamer tag, your gamer score, your achievements are all going to carry over mm-hmm. to the new, uh, the new system. So, I'm wondering, could you elaborate at all? You know, it, it seemed like a, a few times the the notion of achievements not being static and achievements changing over time uh, coming up. Is that something you can elaborate on? No, think about that again. This is the this yeah. is the first chapter. Yeah. The idea is to you know I think the idea is we're not just going to rest on our laurels with Xbox One. Mm-hmm. The team, you know, there's a lot guys like Boyd and Mark and Ben, myself. You know, a lot of the team has actually been around for a while. That's the part that I always you know fear gets lost in this because people think well, we don't care about games and all we care about is entertainment. It's like it's the same guys. <laughs> like we you know like when we sit down to think about what we want to do with this system, like right. you know the same guys who. Made up Xbox Live or thinking about what the new version of Xbox Live. The same guys that are frustrated that they have to change their input over to their TV were the ones that said, hey, we should right. put HDMI in and, and like solve this problem mm-hmm. so I can um, do it all at once. So all the tactical stuff, yeah, we got plenty of time before the consoles go. Okay. All right. So, you know, there's plenty of time to say raise the friend limit above uh, 100 users. I think users. we've announced that. That actually. is, is going to? I think we've announced okay. that we've raised that. Great. Um, I think one of the other things that's been, been coming up that – uh, that, I, that I need to ask is is about kind of the, I guess, cr- credentialing games. I'm trying to figure out the right way to word it. Credentialing games, not necessarily, not necessarily always online, not necessarily does it play used games, but how do those things work together? Uh, you have to install games to play them, right? That's you, right. You don't need the disc. That's right. Um, so so I always, like... Um, I have to tell the story because it's an important it's an important part of like when we the when uh, when we actually sat down and sort of started writing our wish list of all the things we wanted to do in the new console, playing games from the hard drive actually ended up being at the top of the list for yeah. a bunch of reasons. You know, you guys are the ones that give us stick about having inconsistent hard drives between the different models of 360 and developers complaining about that. So I said, all right, we got to fix that. Turns out that like the disc ends up when you're talking about the kind of horsepower in the next gen of consoles, the disc ends up being a limiting factor. Right. So we said, all right. And then there was this, you know, I, I tell this story too many times about the Connect beta. When we actually were um, testing Connect in homes in the early days, we had all the games installed on the hard drive. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback unrelated to Connect <laughs> right. was like, why did you take away my ability to like just launch all the games? I just want to put them in and I want to launch them there. Even, yeah. You gave me this install feature, but I still need to get up and put up in the game. So there was a bunch of reasons why we started with saying, um, let's play game. Let's let, like let's let people install. Okay, what has to happen technically for that to happen? How do we worry about security? How do we think about right. security? Hey, if I can do that and it's always updated, it also means once I once I know you and I know that this is your game. I can go over to a friend's house. If my friend doesn't have that game, mm-hmm. I can pull it down and start playing right where I left off. Like, there's all these amazing scenarios that unlock 
the minute you sort of make a couple of simple decisions. Yeah. And then there's some other things that we need to go um, give people more answers to, and we will. And we said we're going to support, uh, you know, a used games ecosystem. We'll talk more about how that's going to work. It's not going to work the same way it works today because we changed the way we um, think about ownership of the games. Right. So, but I can absolutely assure you, like, there's, like there was all these um, wonderful reasons why we did it that way, that at the end of the day, people are going to love. That's how you get the instant switching. That's how you go from TV to games mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's how all your stuff is stored in the cloud. You don't even have to think about save games. You don't even have to think about that kind of stuff. I think that ended up being one of the big, you know, as like NXE and all this other stuff rolled out and, and the ability to install games to the hard drive. I mean, that that ended up feeling like a pretty major feature at the time. It was just like, all right, now, you know, we're going to reduce loading times. Like, use this thing for what it was kind of built for, finally. Uh, and, and, yeah, so it's, it's good to hear that that's kind of the the standard uh, going forward. Um, and uh, I guess what's the what's the plan for digital stuff? I guess it's probably not necessarily. Well, um, you know, uh, Sony's out there with the Vita saying, like, all this stuff's going to be available digitally. Nintendo has the, you know, Wii U. They're, they're selling their disc-based games in, in the store. Do you feel that that's something that's going to come along? And, and how does that, does that change that process? No, I, it, it's, all, it's all tied in. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about, like, how we're going to distribute games. Sure. You know, there's absolutely going to be discs. Um, you know, we've been one of the pioneers in digital uh, from the beginning with XBLA. There's that, you know, we'll get into more details on how all that's going to work, but try, but it's all part of the, it's all part of the same story. It's all part of the same design. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, looking at the back of the box, I mean, obviously yeah. you've got HDMI in back there. You've got an IR, like support for an IR, IR blaster. blaster yeah. uh, is that mainly going to be for older devices that can't handle it through HDMI? Yeah, you know, like, it turns out that um, when we sort of decided to embark on this world of TV, you start to realize there's not a one-size-fits-all right. solution. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of people playing in this space. There's lots of technologies. There's lots of partnerships. There's lots of requirements. Um, and it's going to be one of those things where we needed to build a box that could support that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to go out and work on a region-by-region basis. So some some will work through HDMI directly. Um, you know, there's going to be different types of controls that we'll have to put in place um, in different parts of the world. So the idea is the guy that you saw, the aspiration around voice, the aspiration around instant switching, that's our aspiration for the world. Mm-hmm. The execution in each region of the world might look a little different. Right. Um, like, but I, I, you know, as, I, as I've said, I think just for the average human being, um, the HDMI in is going to like drastically change the way you think about it. just the ability to go Xbox Live TV um, and just switch to the signal and then be able to have the snap mode on top of that, mm-hmm. be able to get your toast notifications, have a Skype call, switch between Netflix, my game, and TV um, is going to be like I just I'm not sure people have sort of really grokked sure like yeah. how that's going to ch- how much that's going to change how they. Sort of. I mean, even just if you take the the simple end of the approach, I have DirecTV. Their DVRs are just slow, sluggish. Every single control on it is a nightmare. Right. Just simply picking up a remote, typing in the channel number, each button press is like a full second between when it when it comes in. So the idea that someone could theoretically come along and speed up parts of that process, like that alone. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So if you go and get all that other stuff uh, out of the way too, then then yeah, that that does sound uh, cool. 
Um, we're at a point now, though, where everyone has their second screen. I mean, you're even supporting, you know, you, you, smart glass still exists and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, how what was the decision to, like, make sure that the box itself could do all this stuff versus assuming that people are going to have a phone or a tablet or something for, for Skype or for, you know, it's like I... It's hard for me to envision a use case where I'm, like, browsing the Internet on a television without a mouse and keyboard or without a, a touch screen. Right. Uh, so why put all that stuff in there? Is that something you think you can do better than the tablets? Um, you know, I, th- I think it's about being built for the future. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, the, the, if we try to just tell you, exa- like, here's what, if we just try to tell you it needs to work all this way and only this way. Yeah. Um, then you're going to tell me that like I didn't think about it the right way. So certainly, and I think Mark even um, showed in his, in his example that we're going to support different types of use cases. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason why if you just want to watch trailers online, you need to actually get into a smart glass scenario. Right. Like you could you could actually browse trailers. And I mean, like if you're like me and using YouTube or IE, you're basically just watching videos on it because actually right. these sort of typing is hard. Yeah. So for those types of situations, so you could imagine, hey. One is I'm watching a film and I want to snap um, some sort of web content. Maybe you know, like you guys, the it, people are going to go create custom web pages right. that are the, that are designed to these, do these things together in a ten foot experience. So we need to be able to be able to enable that. And then there's a more traditional type of web browsing that people are going to need to type things in. Yeah. For that, you're going to need Smart Glass. Okay. So we're trying to build the technology, build the canvas, and then let the the innovation sort of come. I can't wait to see what types of how people start thinking about these snap modes, and, and yeah. there is so many um, scenarios that can get invented when you can do that. Hmm. Uh, talking about applications a little bit, um, it sounded like that that was going to be there was going to be a more open approach uh, to app developers than there has been in the past. Uh, is that something where there's just going to be here's a set of APIs submit to our store? Is it going to look more like the like the Windows eight? App Store, or so you know, we're gonna t- we'll talk more about policies and stuff as we go as we go through this journey. But I, I, I can see with you a couple of things. Obviously, we did we talked about the kernel of Windows being the kernel that, yeah. that aligns um, X, the Xbox One architecture, and part of that is to get to your point, right? Which is um, right now we used to have XNA, and then we've got a custom dev kit for Xbox games, and then you've got right. whatever you're developing for your Windows Eight phone, what you're developing for for Surface. And as a company, like, it's just we need to get smarter about that. We can't be as fragmented as we've, as we've been. Um, that at the same time, however, you know, I don't know that I, we just want the weather app ported over from Surface. Sure. Because we need, to be, we need to support voice and connect and the controller input and stuff like that. So I believe it will still be a curated um, ecosystem from that standpoint because mm-hmm. I don't think we want shovelware on sure. the box. Sure, yeah. But um, I do think the idea is that one developer could go build an application that, um, that is fundamentally the same, that has the right input for a tablet, mm-hmm. the right input for phone. The right. Now, do you think that those applications will be able to talk to the other end of the Xbox? I mean, there's been, you know, there's been a, a patchwork of sites that have been basically mining achievement data out of Xbox.com for years now and building their little side businesses and stuff like that. Would that data then be available? Like, let's say I wanted to build an app that then also worked on on tablets or also worked on on multiple devices, brought it to the web. Um, would the the Xbox One version of that app can that talk to my friends list? Can that talk to uh, the rest of my data, or is it kind of a, a walled off? Like, here you're in the Windows part of the experience, like you're not going to get access. I think, to I, I think it'll be much more integrated than that. Cool. I think the int- the intent is to have 
Microsoft platforms be more integrated on that aspect mm -hmm. while still preserving the part of the Xbox that makes it awesome, which is letting the developers go and write the, you know, and that's why we talk about the, the three different sort of OSs that are running right. in Xbox One, which is one of them is designed to actually wall off. There is one that's kind of walled off. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that's like about get letting the developers right to the middle and create the best games that they can. Right. And what's been the the reaction from developers? I mean, has it been, you know, have there been any last minute changes to the hardware? There's all the big stories last time around about Epic coming back. Oh, you need twice the RAM in this thing. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> God, I love the internet. It's right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, you know, from my perspective, I, I, I believe that you know, despite um, how some things got misinterpreted in the sure. press. Um, and, and sort of spun out of control, and then it turns out we are the ones that changed our clients, <laughs> and, and all that. that makes me laugh. But no, I, you know, I, like I think that you will see D three, and I think you've seen some, from some of the announcements today that the developer and pu publisher community believes in our vision. I think that's really how we're going to differentiate. Of course, we're going to have awesome games, and I'm going to prove it to you mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. Um, but I think we're doing so much more than that, and if, if we can nail that part the games part and do the other things that we want to do. Um, I think that's the part of our vision that publishers and developers have had a chance to sort of see. Mm -hmm. You saw a little bit of it running today. And I think once you, the more you start to internalize, and I mean, you've already done it, playing in your mind some of the different scenarios that I can do with instant switching, that I can do with snap mode, that I can do with TV, like I think people are, are on board. Cool. We wouldn't be getting, you know, exclusive Call of Duty Day 1 DLC if Activision didn't think we had it. At some point, you just open the wallet and that stuff happens, though, right? I mean, you know, they have to uh, believe, but uh, you know, okay. they have to believe in the co-marketing too, right? But you've met these guys, yeah. Like they, you know, it's it's a jump ball, right? They could sure. have, they could have chosen. I mean, more so this year than than last time out. I mean, how different does it feel, you know, knowing that you know you're going to be launching against a competitive console, whereas last time, I mean, you guys started the next generation. The 360 said, you know, this is it, and everyone else had to catch up. We didn't know. We were all high-fiving <laughs> when, when they slipped out of here. Yeah. We, um, but, uh, well, you know, it, it was it, it, it's different, right? I mean, Xbox One was about building credibility. Mm -hmm. uh, Xbox 360 was about, move, you know, uh, trying to get on equal footing and, and uh, not just prove but compete. And I think um, with Xbox One, we're trying to take all the assets that we have, all the learning that we have, um, and, and take in a, a little bit more of Microsoft, I think, and all the things that we can do. We talked about all the, the cloud services and stuff like that. Right. You know, we haven't even talked about, you know, um, when I can, when developers can rely on this cloud power that's always there, mm -hmm. um, th they're going to invent entirely new genres of games. Like, even that, we just are tipping on the tip of the iceberg. So, I feel... I feel pretty good. Cool. Well, it's uh, it's good to see it all instead of having to have a bunch of back alley conversations about it's not HDMI in. And like all this other stuff. I'm like, why would a console have HDMI in? What are you telling me? You're crazy, man. It's like, what do you mean it has 4G in it? It doesn't have 4G in it, does it? Mm -mm. Okay. All right. That was no. Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi Direct. Okay. That that was part of the weird, like always online set of rumors. Meanwhile, like, it's going to use, you know, WhisperNet to do you authenticate. Feel like you're pretty, you got, do you feel like um, that sort of has subsided? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think that's one of those things that you know, I, it's you know, there are people that are going to rage about stuff on the internet, regardless, right? I mean, it's it's what they do. It's what they're good at. But I always felt like even in its even as the rumors got as draconian as they could get, yeah. you could still look at that and go, that's just the PC. 
Like the PC, you go get a CD key, you enter it, the disk is useless. Like you toss it aside. Like it's, you know, online passes and stuff like that through the 360 lifespan um, were always a little more open than that. You could buy your way past it if you want. So I think that sort of setup um, is a little more open than that. And obviously, you know, if you need to install to a hard drive, then you need to have that kind of protection in place, yeah. you know, to, to prevent piracy. I think the, the one argument I hear back from users when I, when I talk about that sort of stuff is they say, well, on the PC, um, prices are a lot more flexible. You know, Steam's always having a sale. Steam's always doing this and that. So, you know, the, there are people that can hold out and not pay for, not pay full price for games. Um, so do you envision the store controls this time around being a little more flexible to maybe enable developers to do that sort of thing? It's been a complaint I've heard about Xbox 360. It's a good question. I don't know the answer. All right. Well, like you said, we've got plenty of time to find out. Plenty so, of time. So thanks for your time. Certainly. And, are, uh, are, are we, uh, is someone coming to get you? I think there might That's be the someone plan. out there waiting yeah. for me so now, actually. So. There should be someone to walk you back to. Cool. Office. All right. Yeah. But also, answer to your friend's list. Uh-huh. It's a thousand. Thousand. Yeah. yeah. That's like ten times as many. Yeah. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Finally, literally the appropriate use of literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, man. catching up. Enjoy Good the rest of your day. Yep. Thanks, man.